I don't want my face on Instagram. What if people laugh at me? What if people don't agree? I just wish I started sooner because now I feel like everyone's doing what I'm doing. We don't know what the next five steps look like. We don't know what the next year looks like. We don't know what the next five years look like. A lot of the times when people are on Instagram trying to grow their businesses, they just might get distracted by like the influencers versus like the online businesses on Instagram too. 7, 8, 9 p.m. on a Friday or Saturday night, my number one thing I really enjoy doing is working. The viral posts that I've personally made What is going on, Savages? And welcome back to another guest interview on the Business Savage podcast. I am your host and your business coach, Cassandra Britton, serial entrepreneur teaching you how to grow both personally and, of course, professionally. After scaling multiple businesses to six and seven figures, I am here to share the strategies and the mindset to make it to the big leagues. Play big is our motto, and part of that play big mindset is finding other badass entrepreneurs who are paving the way. So today I have a special guest to have a spicy chat with from the world of Instagram marketing. Please join me in welcoming Anastasia to the show. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Fun fact is um, I'm taking her podcast virginity. So I'm, <laughs> I told her that I wanted to go live and she was like, oh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but you are a pro on going live on your own Instagram. So I'm pretty sure you would have nailed it anyways. Beautiful. Um, Anna, I'm going to call you Anna for the rest of this episode, if that's okay. She told me that was okay. She helps female entrepreneurs grow their Instagram to building strong personal brands and community that will actually make sales in their businesses. Hello. She comes from a background of building a personal training business. So if you get confused by her Instagram handle like I did, that's why. <laughs> and network marketing business that she actually built to the top 2%. She has learned the power of attraction marketing, and now she mentors female entrepreneurs from all industries in one-on-one -on -one to optimize their Instagram accounts to building big, profitable businesses through attraction marketing. This is going to be juicy. I'm so excited for this. So let's dive in. Usually it works best if you introduce yourself, a little bit of your background story, how you got into the world of Instagram marketing. I know we had a really juicy chat and yeah, you came from personal training and you, you've been through a lot. So whatever you feel is relevant to share and introduce yourself and then we can dive in. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. It makes me feel really special. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but yeah, you pretty much nailed it. Honestly, my background, as you see from my Instagram handle is Rising Fitness BC. I am located in Vancouver, BC as well. So that's where that kind of comes from. So I did start my Instagram page back in 2020. So in the beginning of 2020, obviously, we all know what went down there. So things really escalated super quickly um, with the online stuff, of course. Um, but I really used Instagram to market my in-person personal training business. And I just fell in love with it. I realized that I was actually spending more time creating my posts, loving on my reels, um, then I was actually doing my program design for my clients. And then one thing led to another. We obviously had to go online with in-person training, kind of like taking a hit there um, for a bit. And then I got introduced to network marketing. Um, and then it did take me um, about three years or so to build that business up to the top 2%. And with network marketing, same thing as my in-person business, I just really utilized Instagram to 
um, lead generate and to nurture and just to talk about my offers, talk about the products, services, all that great stuff. Um, and now ultimately it's just really like enlighten this passion of mine to just help even more, um, more of a broader audience of female entrepreneurs from all different types of industries and to really show them the power of Instagram, of really building that conversion with their sales just through attraction marketing. It really is sometimes like one or two tweaks you got to do and it can just make or break your your sales. Um, and yeah, I just kind of fell in love with the marketing aspect of things. So that's kind of long story short, where it all kind of progressed from, from the fitness side to the business side. Beautiful. And I know we're going to dive into much more of your story, I'm sure. Um, something that you actually told me when we first chatted, it, it, we both that we both had in common, which I know we have a lot, is we, we both went to school for kinesiology. You went to school for kinesiology, right? Yeah. Yeah. I originally went to school for kin as well. So I can see that evolution and that, you know, going into the fitness industry and then having it pivot into something else. And I think what's really beautiful there is, um, you know, something we talk a lot about on the show and to entrepreneurs in general is when you start, we don't know what the next five steps look like. We don't know what the next year looks like. We don't know what the next five years look like. We have an idea of where we want to go and we know we probably want to achieve some beautiful big things, but we don't have all of the steps figured out. And so I think it's like a testament to you starting in fitness, probably not knowing that you were going to end up doing what you're doing today and who knows where you'll be in five years from now, but being open to those signs and also being true to yourself, right? You had said there that um, you were really called and found that you were enjoying the creation and the social media side of things more than what you were doing. And so I think that that's beautiful and congratulations on that. So something I would love to start off with talking about because I feel like so many people want to know. Um, it's just such a trending buzzword is this darn word viral. And uh, you have had a lot of growth, like rapid growth. Most people would say rapid growth in, in your um, your Instagram account. Um, I don't, you'll tell us the numbers. I don't remember where you started. I know you show it a lot, which is really inspiring. Now you're at just over 28,000 followers. And so I'm curious, some of your do this, don't do this, like what are the you know few top strategies that someone should try to continuously be consistent with in an attempt to go viral. Right, yes. Um, honestly, there's a couple things. So first off, I would start with investing in your content, like treat it like a business. Instagram itself is a business. They want people on the app. So the more intriguing and the more powerful you can make your content, probably the more eyes you're gonna get on your content too. And I think also the number one thing, if you're in a season right now to use your Instagram for growth, for that like virality kind of content, focus on shareable content. Like this is absolutely key. And this is ultimately what grew my account. Like that initial like jump from like, um, it was at 3000 followers to um, about 8,000 followers. Like it was a huge jump from like one post that I made that went completely viral, like 3.1 million views, which Honestly, like now that I, I'm on Instagram a lot, there's like in, like reels that have gone to like 20 million views and 50 million views. I'm like, wow, 3.1 million is not even that much. It's like, it's kind of like whatever compared to these other reels. But what they all have in common, honestly, is that these reels get shared on people's stories or like through the DMs. Like if you're going to send it to your bestie or to, you know, your partner or if it's like really relatable in that sense. But ultimately, um, the viral posts that I've personally made are the ones that are kind of also controversial. 
Um, so they're kind of stepping on some toes. They are power statements. They have a strong visual in the background. Like think, like honestly, yeah, like think quotes, think power statements, think controversy, uh, controversy, sorry. Um, and really think of the audience that will share it for you too, because if that person shares it onto their stories, you're really just dipping into an audience that doesn't know you, that's untouched, that you can really start fresh and start talking about your offers and they really don't know anything about you, which can honestly be a really beautiful thing, especially if you're in that season of lead generation for your business and you want to get, you know, more eyes into you. So I think that would be like my top kind of takeaways for the posts. Awesome. And I know that's obviously something that you've helped your clients with in terms of like a deeper strategy with all of that. Um, so thank you for sharing some of those things because I know some people are so focused on, I just want to go viral. I need a trending audio and I just want to go viral, which leads me to, I have two, two kind of sub questions from this, which are both, I think, equally important. One of them is business related and one of them is mindset related. So let's start with the mindset. Um, for that listener right now, male, female, young, old, business owner, not business owner, I cannot tell you how often I hear this and I know you hear it too. Um, I'm scared to put myself out there. I'm scared to create content. I'm scared to create my voice, like figure out what my voice is. I don't want my face on Instagram. What if people laugh at me? What if people don't agree? The list goes on. Um, myself, I love the controversy. I love being the woman who says things that people are like, what did she just say? And it gets more hate than it gets applause. And I'm like, let's go. Like, that's juicy to me. But not everybody's like that. And I didn't always used to be like that. And still sometimes it upsets me. And still sometimes I see something that makes me cry and I have to check myself and, and get through it. What advice do you have for the person who's listening who feels that way? They're scared to put themselves out there. And when they think of creating content that could potentially go viral, knowing that will impact their business, but they still won't do it because they're still scared. Honestly, I think this is like you said, we all go through it. It doesn't even matter like what level of entrepreneur business owner you're at. Um, my, your mindset is, it's, you just have to exercise it like a muscle, really. Um, and I think my best advice is, I always ask myself this one question. I think this is like the simplest way I can put it is, what if you don't? Like, what will your life look like if you don't pursue content to market yourself and your business and whatever dreams that you have out there? Um, versus the pain of what if and the pain of like regretting, you know, oh my gosh, I wish I posted like that five years ago because now I would have been, you know, in a position where I have more money or more freedom or more time or whatever that is that you're striving for, which usually it's like one of those three things or all of the above um, in some aspect really. Um, but it's really like living with the pain of discipline of like, just doing it, doing it ugly, doing it scared, doing it if you will get maybe some hate, controversial comments, sure, whatever. But it's like that you can deal with that pain or the pain of regret and the constant just sitting in the pain of like, what if, what if I just did it? What if I just did it now? Or, you know, when that time passes, like, oh, I just wish I started sooner because now I feel like everyone's doing what I'm doing. And I just really can't even imagine putting myself out there now, you know? So it's always just kind of like asking yourself that that question and that pivotal question. And for me, obviously, it's the pain of regret is way greater personally, like living with that what if. It just gives me like the ick. Like it just makes my stomach like just go into knots because I, I hate that feeling. So 
just, I guess, ask yourself that question until you feel that ick from the second question is my advice. I I love that. And I appreciate that a lot because literally my biggest fear, and I share this a lot, is getting to my deathbed and not having left any kind of legacy or left anything for anyone to talk about. And it was just like, she's gone and no one even remembers because I didn't put myself out there. I was scared to share my voice or I was scared to try something. So thank you for sharing that because it is something that successful entrepreneurs all have in common. We feel the fear, the exact same as everybody else. We just decide to do it anyway. So the second part of that question, more business related, which could go down a huge rabbit hole. So we'll see where this takes us. Woo, is, um, oh gosh, I know you hear this all the time. I hear it all the time is, you know, I need more leads. I need more leads. I need more clients. And it doesn't have to be 28,000 followers. I'm at 11 and a half. doesn't have to be that. It can be 400. And I have clients that will say, I need more leads. I need more leads. I don't have enough followers. And, you know, I, I can't make, I can't make as much money as you because I don't have 11,000 followers. I have 400. And so there is an entire process, which we do not have time in the next 45 minutes to dive into around how we convert followers into paid clients. But If you were to start and give a couple of tidbits and I'll give a couple of tidbits, what are some of the important things that you're noticing most female entrepreneurs are forgetting or not doing the small, simple things that are so helpful when we're trying to convert our followers to a paid client? Right. Um, Honestly, I think I'm going to sprinkle a little bit of more like mindset in for this part Um, because I think with Instagram, obviously, especially if you've been on the app for, you know, years we've seen influencers on the app and how they show up for their followers and their audience. And then we've also now have seen, I mean, now talking about maybe the last four years, especially, at least personally, I've seen it, you know, the female one person businesses, female entrepreneurs, coaches, that kind of thing. Um, So it's really kind of like, you have to ask yourself, like, am I an influencer where the followers really do matter? Because, you know, you have like, brand deals that look at your insights. Um, You have, you know, just like, honestly, it's mostly like brand deals looking at your insights more than anything. Or are you that person that just wants to have a successful business that really only needs a handful of clients that are really intrigued and are ready to buy and excited to learn from you because you're you and they love whatever it is you're selling. So I think a lot of the times when people are on Instagram trying to grow their businesses, they just might get distracted by like the influencers versus like the online businesses on Instagram too. Because I think obviously an influencer, you know, you're a salesperson ultimately at the end of the day too. You're selling, you know, products and referring things like that through links or just paid brand deals. But I think if you have your own business, the number really does not matter. Like what does truly matter? And I can say this because I've had such like rapid growth is when I launched my business, it was the same at 2,500 followers versus 28,000 followers. Yes, I have more leads. Yes, I can create new offers that speak to this fresh audience that doesn't really know me. But I think at the end of the day, you just have to know who's following you and the reason why they're following you. And if you have a very clear niche or if you have a very clear client avatar, which I speak on in my clarity, like masterminds and, and things like that, we really dive into this. But I think as long as you're really clear on what your business is and what your offers are, the number doesn't matter. It's just your responsibility. If someone comes to your page, say they saw your reel on their explore page 
And then they are curious because they like the reel that they saw or the the post carousel, whatever it is. They come to your page. You have like about three seconds really (laughs) to either get them to follow you or not. So your responsibility is, even if you don't have a lot of followers, to at least optimize your page. And again, we really can deep dive into this into like the whole audit, but it's your responsibility to optimize your Instagram page to make sure people know who you are from that first glance, like who you are, they see a little bit of your offers, they see a little bit of who you are, and ultimately you have that trust factor. So it's all up to you also to build that nurturing, non-viral pieces of content within your Instagram to really build yourself up as an authority. Um, and then obviously to have, you know, a, a marketing funnel, which is of course a whole other thing, but just to have these little things kind of ready to go before really caring about your follower count. Mm-hmm. Um, and because truly like 400 people, imagine you're talking to 400 people in real life. It's a lot of freaking people. Like, you know, you don't need 20,000 people. You don't need 100,000 people. You, you really just need that handful of like people that believe in you that are kind of just they're they're like your ride or die followers that will buy anything you sell because you have that impression on them. So, yeah. And, and you know what? Like, I think also when we get carried away with going viral, a lot of the times is like you're kind of leaving out your current followers that might have been ready to buy, but maybe they feel kind of like left out quote unquote left out because you're maybe too obsessed with going viral and you're not really focusing on your current followers, that, which could just be the gold line you're sitting on truthfully. Um, so I, I kind of hope that answers that question. I kind of went on a little tangent, but yeah, I, I think that's just my advice is to nurture more than anything. I love it. And no, you're not going all over the place and you <laughs> world of social media, we can go all over the place and it's all still relevant. I think some of the most relevant things, if I can because I could give probably 50 tidbits here. So I think like the one most important if we're going to consolidate is I like to tell my clients to treat your Instagram as if it's a coffee shop or it's a store and someone literally just opened up the door and walked in. And so this is a piece that I know I'm going to talk about two small things here, which will transition into one of my other questions for you is when you get a new follower, are you even saying hi? And there was seasons where I was not, I'll be honest. And now one of my missions is anyone who could even remotely be someone that I can serve, whether it be they might like the podcast or I could connect with them like someone like you, or maybe we do have offers that I think are so beneficial for them. I'm going to say hi. Yeah. Even in just doing that sparks a conversation and I can see if there's a way that we can help support, help support them. So many business owners do not do that. They don't say hi. And could you imagine walking into a coffee shop and they turn their back on you and they don't say, hey, how's it going? What can I get for you today? It's the same thing. And so when you're a business in an online space, it is important for us to treat it that way, which leads me into the second piece, our stories. It's important to be active on your stories and something that we both share in common, and I love that you do. I learned a lot about you because you do this is you pop on your story and sometimes you're not even looking at the camera, you're doing something or whatever. And you just talk about, I just got off of a call with this person and I just booked a client for this and we're helping this client do this. And you just talk and it's real and it's authentic and you share your expertise and the ways that you serve your clients. And I do this a lot. I'll pop on and give advice and just talk and just say things that are going on in my life or in my day. And you know, I think that that strategy is super important in using our stories and using polls. And here's the second piece of this, 
for example, popping up a pole, my sound healing, it's a newer thing that I'm doing, my, my sound therapy, and I'll pop up, you know, who, who would be interested in this? And you bet your booty that they're on a list because when I do come out with my virtual offer, they're the first ones I'm going to say, hey, you told me six weeks ago you were interested in this. Are you still interested? So being smart about how we're nurturing and using our, our Instagram. And so I would love your thoughts on stories and how you use your stories to engage with your audience and to nurture your clients through, through the buying process. Oh my gosh. Yeah, of course. I think stories are so overlooked um, because they're not necessarily going to make you go viral or build your following. But like you said, and like I said, they're going to nurture your existing followers. And truthfully, and I've seen this again, because I've had like rapid, quick growth is yes, my story viewers have increased, of course, but I I can't really say that they've increased like so much based on the follower account. So the top, you know, few hundred people that look at your stories are the ones that are watching you closest. And they're the ones that are probably interested in whatever it is you're doing. And I truly think the best way to get someone to to know you, to like you, to trust you, of course, we hear that all the time, is just to talk to them, like just to talk to like to, to them on FaceTime, you know, like talk to them as if they're the ones on FaceTime right now and you're just catching up with them on your day. And also it gives you the opportunity. And like you said, I do do this a lot, an opportunity to build your authority and talking about, yes, I just closed another sale. It kind of creates that like, you know, that urgency to be like, oh, okay, like her offers are filling up. Like maybe I should get on her next one or like, okay, like she clearly has something of value here. Like if other people are joining, maybe I should chop on too kind of thing. So that's kind of like my strategic input on it too. Like I will sprinkle, you know, like this is what I'm doing in the day. Like my day-to-day looks like, you know, I have a call, do a workout, go outside for a walk, have lunch or whatever. Cause I also want to build that vision for that female entrepreneur coming into at least my personal business, because ultimately I want to track them into my life, having the freedom that I have. Cause that's something that I take a lot of pride in. That's, you know, and this is like another question maybe too, but Ultimately, that's why the reason why I am an entrepreneur and that I do work for myself is because I value the freedom of time and to do whatever the frick I want to do during the day. Um, So for me, that's huge. And I know when I started my journey too, is when I would see others have this kind of schedule that I just wanted to have. I'm like, okay, yeah, like I'll take advice from you because clearly you're doing something that I'm not doing because I don't have that freedom right now, at least in this point of my life, right? So um, just talking on p- to your camera on stories will just build that relationship, that trust, that nurturing aspect of things. And yes, I hear it all the time. I can't just go on stories like you do and just be like, hi, what's up? I'm like, okay, what? why not? And I didn't want to do that either, of course, but it's a muscle. Again, just like posting that good quality content the more you do it, the more flowy you'll be, the more natural it'll come to you. Honestly, I'm such a last minute person. I do not read off a script at all. I feel like if I do, that's when I stutter and things won't come out the way I want them to. So I'm just kind of speak my mind kind of girl and it just kind of comes out. And I think of it as if, you know, it's up for 24 hours and it's gone. Like, who cares? And people are tapping tap, tap, tap. Like they're going to forget about you in like literally two seconds. 
because they're going to see the next person's story. So again, a little bit of mindset thing, but nobody's really watching you as much as you think they are. I love not. I love yeah. that. Part of my second question for there was what what do you say to the person who thinks, because I hear this, is I'm, I'm going to be annoying or I'm annoying if I pop on all the time. Like I posted a story talking yesterday. I shouldn't do it again today. I'm like, first of all, what the heck makes you think everybody saw it? <laughs> Second of all, even if they did see it, they probably were doing something else and weren't even really listening. So like to get through to them, we got we to gotta do it seven times. I think it's actually 11 now. Um, but also what helps me, and this is kind of a funny analogy, it's like it's almost like the world of dating when you like welcome the bad ones, just like get them out of the way to find the good one. And for me with Instagram, it's like, well, what if, if they don't if they don't like it, they're going to unfollow you. And then it's like, bye. If you don't like me, do not follow me. Do not look at my stories. Why are we in fear mode out of losing those followers instead of being grateful? Like I wasn't aligning with them anymore. Let's go and let's get more people in here who do align with what I'm talking about. So a little bit of mindset to throw in the fire there. Um, reels versus carousels. I know everyone's like, reels, 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 reels. I still like to post some static images. They don't do as well as my reels, but I like them. Um, and we're going to get into you also doing brand shoots. You do a lot of brand shoots. So your women, I'm sure they use the image for cover photos for reels, but also just to post also for their marketing materials, all that sort of stuff. Um, what are your thoughts around carousels versus reels versus static posts? Do you have like a set limit to them for yourself? What kind of advice do you have around that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, first things first, it's that part is kind of just dependent on the algorithm of, you know, the computer algorithm. I always like to say there's two algorithms. One's the computer part, which is like Instagram as it's, you know, its own algorithm. And then the other algorithm algorithm is the people who are behind the algorithm right like your for you page is different than mine and you know that it's for a reason because we interact with different posts i mean maybe they're actually quite similar because we're very similar but for the most part like everyone's pages are going to be quite different um so when it comes to at least right now what we're seeing in instagram and this is kind of where you kind of have to keep yourself up to date um and i keep myself up to date and i teach my clients you know what i'm learning about instagram itself and right now they are pushing carousels and those static posts more as not like as much as reels, I would say, but they are still doing really, really well, especially if you are in a business in a position where you want to really give the value. Like if you're creating a value based post, I truly believe this is where you can put the value on like are the carousels are the static posts. Um, I made a carousel post a couple weeks ago and it got insane engagement, like insane engagement. So I had the juicy hook on that first slide as if it was a reel, essentially. And then I made, you know, more juicy tidbits the more you slide over. I think the trick with carousels, though, is you don't like word vomit on <laughs> the screen. Like you want to make it short, catchy, quick. So it's like you read a little blurb, swipe, read a little bit, swipe. So then, you know, this is again an, a muscle where you, you the more you do, you'll learn. And it's just a storytelling um, strategy, really. Um, it's just you're kind of like, you know, ending each slide on a cliffhanger, if you want to call it that. So the people will want to keep sliding. And then the more they're sliding, the more time they're spending on the post. 
So again, if we kind of go back to the Instagram being its own algorithm, they want people on the app. They're a business. The more time you spend on the app, the more they're probably going to favor your content. So if you have like a 10 slide carousel post and it's like, oh my God, I keep wanting more and you keep sliding and keep sliding, that person, maybe by the end of reading everything, they already spent like maybe a minute on it, which is great because that will push it more because Instagram's like, ooh, okay, like this piece of content's doing well for this person and this person. Let's push it out more. That's just kind of the trend we're seeing. You can still also do this with static posts. Um, again, I did have a static post that did relatively well, almost like a thousand likes, which is really good for just one slide, honestly, like super good. But again, it was a power statement. So it's something that's very shareable and kind of controversial as well. And uh, it created an emotion like, ooh, okay, that kind of hurt, but like I get what she's saying kind of thing. So it's kind of like a tough love post in a way. Um, so there's a time and a place for them. I think with the static posts, you can definitely invest in like the quotes, power statements, that kind of stuff you want. If you want, again, lead gen. Um, the carousels, great for just you giving people the knowledge that you are an authority in your field and your industry. So yeah, think a time and a place for sure. Right. So a little mix of everything. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think so. Um, I don't follow like a necessarily schedule. I kind of do now, but I'm not like married to it by any means. I think the more you try different things and seeing what works for you the best, um, you know, the more you post, not the more you post, but the more strategic you are with what kind of things you're posting. So if you're going to do, you know, real, real, one static, one carousel, another real, it's like, why not do that instead of like five days of real? And I think the most important thing, and of course, this is something that you definitely teach, is that your content is speaking to your audience and you're not just putting up stuff to put up stuff, but there's no synchronicity or alignment to it speaking to what your audience is even following you for. Mm -hmm. so I think that that's a very important piece to remember. And obviously, if anyone's listening needs help in figuring out what that looks like, then this is your girl. <laughs> yeah. You touched a little bit on your entrepreneurial journey. And one of the things that really lights you up and fires you up and one of the reasons why you do it is for that time freedom. So I want to talk about this for a second because something I teach, time management, um, but also I myself have been through seasons of extreme burnout, almost been put in a hospital, like could not shut my laptop. We're talking 5 a.m. till midnight, 11 p.m. And I'm just like going, going, going. And a lot of our listeners here know a lot about my story, really burnt myself out and had to shut off and basically dive into my feminine and just learn balance and learn flow. Um, and so now I'm in a really healthy place. However, I love what I do. And so if it is 7, 8, 9 p.m. on a Friday or Saturday night, my number one thing I really enjoy doing is working, whether that be talking to clients, building out podcast presentations or whatever it is, content. I love it. And so I'm curious what balance looks like for you. Do you have hard shut off times? What are the things you enjoy to do? Is there a like sign with your partner that's like, okay, it's enough. I know you're loving it and you're not working, but let's shut the laptop. Like what does that balance look like for you? Oh gosh. Um, I, I love what I do too. So it's really hard. Um, Honestly, I would love to say that I have this beautiful structure in my week. I don't. Um, I think, honestly, though, if you do love what you do, it's really hard to burn out because I've 
been in different industries, like the wellness health and industry, right? Um, and I was in it for a very long time and I burnt out, like almost same thing like you, like almost to the hospital. And um, I did have a hospital scare actually um, back in December now or maybe end of November, something like that. But essentially it was like, we're all good over here. But it was like a gut related issue because I was so freaking stressed, right? And it was just like, just took on too much and didn't know where that like off switch was for me. And I think that happened because I was going through such a big pivot in my offerings and my journey. And it was the pressure of, I think, me reliving an old version of myself. That makes sense. I was like, kind of just like used to burning out. So I was like, I guess it's time to do it again. (laughs) And it just like happened. Um, But definitely being in the entrepreneurial space for a while now, like you get better at it. You start to recognize who you are as a person also, what you need for your own self-care. We all do self-care very differently from one another. Um, Yeah, honestly, like to answer that question, like how to strategically like know when to stop or like when when to have that freedom i don't have a clear answer for you but i think if you're working with clients i think this is kind of easier to speak on but if you're working with clients it's just to really maintain that strong boundary with them um and to have your quote-unquote working hours so you're not replying at five in the morning you're not replying at midnight. You are replying during your business hours. So, yeah, I hope that kind of answers that question. <laughs> Definitely setting boundaries is a component to that. I think one of the key things there is working because you have to means we're not there yet. We haven't achieved that time freedom. Working you love it and you want to is different. And we have that choice and we have that luxury. And I think a piece that you were probably referring to as well was being able to take a week off or being able to take a month off and your business still produces income and you know you you still have things coming in the door um, because you have set up your funnels and your systems correctly. So yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely where we're all striving to be. Would love to, on that note, talk a little bit about, because it's not all shiny. You've done a lot of beautiful things. You've had a lot of success, but I know as any entrepreneur, there's been failures in there. There's been days where you've been crying on the floor. There's been, you know, who knows, all kinds of things along your journey. And so if you're willing to share anything that is notable to you in terms of like, this sucked and this is how I got through it. Or if you're starting as an entrepreneur, you should be mindful of this or any advice that comes up for you when I ask that question to really hammer home the point that it's not just beautiful sunshine and rainbows and this is how you get through the hard shit. Um, okay, so to answer that question, oh gosh, there was a lot of it that sucked, I think. Um, and I think the number one reason for the really low moments was being unclear on what I want and the reason why I was doing what I was doing. I felt this a lot um, when I was actually building my network marketing business sort of side. Because in the beginning, I mean, there's a lot of like hate with it, right? So I was getting a lot of different comments, a lot of different opinions, if you will. Um, And then I was, I think I was just obsessing over the wrong thing. Like I wanted to build my network marketing reasons for the wrong reasons. And I didn't allow myself to pursue other things. 
So I was like, this sucks because I put myself in a box, if that makes sense. So as soon as I liberated myself and allowed myself to go into other types of mentorships like I do now, which has nothing to do with my network marketing business, but it has ignited a different fire and ignited a different energy within me where I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be this multi-passionate person. So why on earth would I put myself in this little tiny box that just would make a certain group of people happy and not necessarily myself? Um, So I think just not being authentic to who you are will one, yeah, burn you out, but then two, just really make you question like, what is the freaking point of doing this when I can just go get a job that will pay me a salary that I don't have to wonder like when my next paycheck will come from or who it will come from or how my next month in sales are going to be or, you know, all of these questions because obviously it's such a big risk being an entrepreneur because you don't know, you still don't know where your next paycheck is going to come from, obviously. But I think you just develop this confidence and this belief in yourself. And I think you do it really beautifully where you just kind of have to embody the energy of receiving, I think, especially as a female entrepreneur, because there is a lot of male entrepreneurs out there that tell you like hustle, hustle, hustle. Like you have to send like 100 reach outs and do this and do that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's great. But I hate my life doing that. So I don't want to do that. And I think it's just you have to kind of get to know yourself. And there was a part of my journey where sales were slow in like all of my businesses, like all the things that I was like trying to do, it was slow. And I felt so defeated. And I was just like, what's the actual point? Like actually, like what is the point of like pursuing it? And I think in those moments where you're by yourself, getting to know yourself, and I mean like by yourself, by yourself, like you don't really have friends at that time because they just don't really know. They don't understand what you're doing. Um, even your partner, right? He, she might not be there. Like they might be doing their nine to five or they might be doing other things. Like you're just like by yourself all day trying to figure out how you're going to launch this next thing and if it's worth it and what the heck you want to post and if that's worth it or whatever. Like you're literally by yourself getting to your, know yourself. You're crying you're questioning everything. You're calling your mom, telling you how broke you are. Like, it's just a menace. But I truly think it's in those moments where you're like, okay, well, I survived that. Let's get over myself. Everything's actually fine. And again, it's that question that we said in the very beginning. It's like the pain of discipline of doing the thing, like pursuing your goals and your dreams or the pain of regret and be like, okay, well, if I give up now, I'm still going to be sad and depressed and like angry and anxious. Like the like when you give up, it doesn't solve anything. If that makes sense. Like it, you're still sitting in that pain. Like it doesn't actually go away until you you do the thing you wanted to do or you told yourself you were going to do. So, yeah, I would say that. <laughs> you hammered home on so many beautiful points there and like truth and vulnerability. And it's literally the reason why Savage Society, my female container for business owners, was born was for us not feeling alone and being supported. And this afternoon, somebody shared something. She's like, I don't know if I should share this. And I said, how many of the rest of you feel this way? And every single one of the women raised their hand. And she's like, oh, okay. (laughs) So this is normal. I'm like, this is very normal, right? And I, I say that we're a different breed. Entrepreneurs, we truly are a different breed because when we decide, the moment we decide that we are stepping into entrepreneurship, there is no going back. There is no quit button. There is no, that didn't work out. I'm just going to go back with my tail between my legs and get a nine to five at Starbucks. It's like, no, 
I could do that. And maybe you need to do that to supplement in the meantime while you're growing your dream. Beautiful. But we still are going to pursue our dreams in spite of the hardships and how difficult it can be. So thank you for sharing that it isn't just beautiful sunshine and rainbows and six-figure months and all of these things that, you know, some people see and they make mean comments because they're jealous, but realize I was crying last night till six in the morning. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Another big part of your business and one of the things that I actually noticed first about you before how much you knew about Instagram was that you do a lot of branding shoots. And so you're based in Vancouver. You do a lot of brand shoots for local businesses and some people even fly out to you, which is amazing. And product-based businesses so they can ship out their products to you and you'll do all of the beautiful things on your end and send them all the content that they need. How did you get started in that? You know, tell me about that world. Oh gosh, that is like, it was just so fun, honestly. So I was making content for my own business um, and then I was always asked to take content for other female entrepreneurs that I was just around and like, oh, can we like rent out a studio and just like have a content day? I was like, oh my God, yeah, like so much fun. Like, let's just do it. Um, But it just came to the point where I was like, okay, there's so many people asking me to do this for them or with them where I'm like, man, like this is going to help them so much. And I'm so happy for that. But I'm like, there's definitely a pocket here where I can make this you know, I can monetize off of this and I can make this a paid offer and just like have so much fun doing it because I genuinely love capturing content for people. Um, And because I've made over like a thousand posts, I'm like, okay, like I definitely, you know, I know the angles, I know it works, I know it doesn't work, things like that. Um, And truthfully, it was just, it started off as a passion project, I guess you could say. Um, And then I did my own photo shoots with other photographers in the past. And It really started like I did invest in my content early on in my entrepreneur journey. I would say like even as a full-time PT, like I would have like, you know, the the old like personal trainer shoes and you're like in the gym with the sports bra and like you're just flexing your abs, sucking it all in. It's just incredible like how much it's evolved, which is why I've called it evolved, but I'll get into that. But um, I've invested in it because I saw, again, the kind of the traction that I would get from like a professional photo versus just like an iPhone photo. I think there's a time and place for both, obviously, to show, you know, the real, the raw, and then like the more, you know, you're kind of like a badass, like entrepreneur version of you too. Um, But ultimately, I had this one photographer and she was super great. And I fell in love with my content after the shoot. And I just got home from that shoot with so much content that I used for like six months. And I'm like, that was so helpful, like actually so helpful. And the reason why I also attracted more high-level female entrepreneurs into my realm, I truly believe is because of that attractive marketing aspect of it through my content. Like, it's exhausting making your own content. Like, I get it. I've done it so many times by myself, for myself. So we are those people where, you know, we're just like, I do a consultation with them. We kind of brainstorm the scenes that we want to do, like, if they have any offers launching or products launching, if it's a product-based business, obviously too. I'm like, just kind of tell me more about it. And we just kind of go off of that consultation. They obviously know I have a marketing background, which is great because I can really help them with that vision. Um, We plan out the outfits, it's super fun. And we just like bang out as much content as we can in the time slot that, you know, you booked us for. And we give it all 
to you. Like we don't cap it out at 10 images or we don't cap it out at like two videos. Like I have my iPhone. We also have a professional videographer too on set and camera. So it's like you're getting so much content and it will last you for a hot minute. But also it's going to make you look pretty freaking badass on Instagram. Like having all of this like more branded style of content if you're like an in-person business if you're a product-based business you probably already know kind of like the marketing you know ins and outs of stuff and you just kind of trust us with your vision and again we just kind of like upload it and you have it which is great and easy um and it works well if you're not local to us in vancouver so we can do that too but ultimately it's just really fun for us and people trust me a lot with their content and their vision I think it's just a natural gift that I have that I definitely, you know, love that I have it. It's very helpful. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like where it kind of started. It's called Evolve Content um, because your offers are ever evolving. Your business is ever evolving. Your style is ever evolving. You should be evolving. If you're not, you're just going backwards. Um, so it's really like our baby that we've created with, just like our creative side of business. Like there's business and then this is like an opportunity for us to be creative and we just monetized off of our gifts, which was like, it's just a, such a blessing, honestly. But, you know, as like you've heard in my story, like it's taken a hot minute to get here. So and it's just by trying new things or else I would no. <laughs> not. And that's beautiful. So congratulations on following that little itch that was telling you to lean into it. Because it's beautiful what happens on the other side of that. Um, would love to chat a little bit about mindset because mindset is a heavy focus on this this podcast. And you've given a lot of beautiful business strategy. We talked about some tips and tricks there, and you shared a little bit there about mindset. I'm wondering because um, so much of what we do now, and and some of our really regular listeners know a lot about me and my spiritual awakening and my spiritual development. Um, do you have regular mindset practices? How important has mindset been in your journey? Do you have a morning routine, favorite books? Like in the world of mindset, you know, how important has that been in your journey? Oh, God, it's huge. I mean, it can make or break your journey, truthfully. Um, I think I don't have like a very structured routine per se at this point in my life, but I do focus every single morning with gratitudes. Absolutely, yes. Um, and with that being said, like I lean into prayer, you know, just you're grateful for what you have. I ask for things that I want to receive for the day ahead, something very intimate that I do with myself. And honestly, like I've never even told anybody this except for like maybe my partner. But truthfully, since I've been doing that and starting my day off like that, like you can't be in a good mood and be grateful at the same time, you know, like bad mood and be grateful. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you you just can't, you, they just can't coexist, right? So I think there was just also a time in my life, which is like the majority of my life, where you, you're just kind of surrounded by complainers or, you know, Debbie Downers or just like just negativity. And you're on autopilot and you don't realize it. But as soon as you change your circle, you know, you get into mentorship programs, you get into listening to your favorite podcasts. You go into, you know, the, the, the self-development books and, and things like that. You start to listen to other people starting off their day in a different way that maybe you just never grew up knowing, which is what honestly has happened to me. 
And, you know, it's like the saying of like your circle of five is, you know, very important into like who you will be and, and all that stuff too. So it's really just about surrounding yourself with people who inspire you and motivate you and are kind of like above you or a few levels ahead of you to really and just to listen to them and to not listen to people who haven't gone through the entrepreneurship journey before or haven't actually followed their dreams either um, because they just don't understand and it can even be like your close friends and family and I know we both probably know that too um, and like you listeners are probably knowing that too if you are female entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurs in general but it's like if you have a big dream or if you have like big goals you kind of do want to protect it and just to share it with the right people or else you can really you know someone could say one thing and it could just derail you completely and be like oh my god you're right like what was I thinking and then you're second guessing everything where it's like it's probably just their insecurities projected onto you um and it's always a them thing it's it's never a, a you thing truly so just Focusing on your mindset, surrounding with people who are doing amazing, big, big things with their lives because they're out there, obviously. Like, we're all here. It's just about finding those people and surrounding yourself with them. So in terms of routines, start your day with gratitude. And if I remember, honestly, I'm like the worst, but I would, I love to journal at night. You know, if I do it, it's great. <laughs> um, but it's definitely something to like brain dump. I think it'll just help you kind of get all those thoughts I think especially as entrepreneurs you have like a freaking billion ideas billion million dollar ideas all of a sudden and then it's just kind of good to get them out on paper and it helps you sleep I think it's really helpful for sleep purposes too but yeah that's kind of my two cents on that thank you for sharing all that there's a lot of golden nuggets in there I think for the person who doesn't journal or thinks journaling is today I woke up and ate toast then I went for a walk like <laughs> That's not really the type of journaling we're talking about. <laughs> Side note, I have a free guide on how to journal for anyone who needs that. <laughs> but no, I mean, for example, today, <laughs> for example, today, my question was, um, what is, what am I being called to express today? And so sometimes when you ask yourselves questions that are a little bit off, a little bit different, a little bit not your traditional question, close your eyes, tune into your body, quiet the noise and ask yourself these questions, things will start flowing. And then, you know, you'll actually be really surprised by where journaling can take you. So it is a very powerful practice. I'm glad that you explore it. And something I would love to add to what you said is um, in this journey of entrepreneurs, we are doing things that we've never done. We're trying to do things that we've never done. And so finding someone who's done it, paying them for their time, attention, resources, training, whatever it is, and then do the thing that you want to do, right? I talk about that a lot. And I think in that process, it is um, something that I have very much learned in this journey is you having boundaries and honoring yourself does not make you a bitch and it does not make you mean. It makes you a woman who has boundaries, which is fucking beautiful. It is beautiful. You have the power to say no and there does not need to be a because and an explanation that follows it. The answer is simply no in honoring your truth. And so I think part of that of tuning out, setting boundaries, removing yourself from whatever that looks like for you from the people who are the must be nice or I'll never have that type of mindset. You're right. With that mindset, you will never have that and you will always say that it must be nice. So to those people, I can't help you right now until you decide to open, open up that third eye and be open to what's being received on the other end because you truly will manifest everything that you want if you're open to receiving it. 
Um, so I really love that you hammered home on a lot of that stuff in a circle of five. It's very powerful. Before we wrap up for today, um, is there anything else that you're feeling like you would like to share or you're feeling called to share with this audience today? Oh, gosh. I think we we went through a lot, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I think the biggest golden nuggets, if you're someone that's really looking to grow and scale and monetize on Instagram and use it as a, you know, a huge marketing platform as it is for your business is to also just not overthink it and just to start. I think once you get over the fear of, you know, people judging you or looking at your content, things like that, it just will really definitely get easier. Um, And I did actually, I came across an audio, it was from Mel Robbins and I love her. Um, And she was talking about, you know, how social media is not for your friends or your family. It's for you and your business and basically like your freedom to express yourself. And, you know, on that note, as an entrepreneur, your freedom to express your offers and to sell. Like it's okay to sell. You know, you're not annoyed seeing Starbucks on every block. Like they're just, they're there (laughs) and they're just there. Right. So it's like, you're not, you're never being annoying. I think it's just a bunch of mindset junk. So the more you can work on that mindset, like we said, it's truly everything. Um, the more success you'll see in your business, the more success you'll see in your posts, if that's something that you really want to kind of nail down. It's it's a lot of energy that goes behind your posts. You know, like if you're posting things that you don't feel very aligned with, people are probably going to figure you out and they're probably going to tell, right? So it's just finding that true like just uniqueness about you and authentic version about you. And I know it's so much easier said than done, but maybe you do have to spend some time for your, or with yourself to truly know who you are and what you want to share. Um, because sharing your voice is such a beautiful thing and we should all be doing it a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's essentially it on my end in terms of like the Instagram marketing aspect of it all. Amazing. Thank you very much for being here. Where can everybody find you? What is your Instagram handle and uh, website so that they can find you? I'll put it in the show notes as well, but just in case you're driving, I want to just find you quick. Perfect. Yes. So my Instagram is risingfitnessbc. um, And I don't have a website there, but I do have my stand store linked. So if you wanted to check out my mentorship, my Clarity Consulting mentorship, it's a one-on-one mentorship that I offer. It's all linked there. The next intake will be in March. We are currently full, which is great. But um, And then we also have our Evolve content consultation for there too. So if you're interested in booking a content shoot, if you're local, or if you do have a product-based business and you want to ship us your products or even just jump on a call and learn more of how we do our stuff, um, you can go in there, get on, on our email list and or just honestly send me a DM. I'm usually really good at checking the DMs if you're interested in just booking a, a shoot or just inquiring from this podcast. Um, just let me know maybe how you heard about us and it'll kind of help me narrow down how much you really know about us too from this podcast. So yeah, that's pretty much it. What is next for you? Oh, what is next? I would love to help more people. So As I said, right now, we have that one-on-one mentorship, which I love. It's very intimate. I love doing that with my my ladies in there. But what the next step is, is truly creating that community membership vibe to reach more people and to eventually 
speak maybe in person to do events. I think that would be really impactful. Um, so yeah, just really reaching more people at, at once would be amazing. So um, and for some kind of membership, hopefully launching soon your way. And when you're ready to step into that voice, you let me know. Yeah, I will. Oh my gosh, of course. <laughs> amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. I know everyone got a lot of value out of this. I know that I got a lot of value out of this. So I really appreciate your time and you being here. Um, and that is everything for today. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Savages, that is all that I have for you for today's episode with Anna. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and you go check out all of the wonderful things that she is sharing in the world of social media and Instagram marketing. Of course, be sure to like and subscribe to this channel so that you never miss a future episode. And of course, give us a follow on Instagram so that you never miss anything that we are sharing. It's at the.business.savage. Remember, a savage can get knocked down, but we will always get back up. Keep on fighting. Peace, guys.